We are here today with one of my favourite Wellingtonians, Brian Morris, the doorman to the Matterhorn. With the constant changes that are going on in our nightlife habits, I wanted to ask Brian about what he sees, what our best times have been, and what is critical about keeping the good vibe on the streets of Wellington. Welcome to B-Sides on Access Radio, Brian. Good afternoon, Lauren. <laughs> Great. I've been waiting to get you in here for a while, so this is a good moment. I know that you approach your role at the Matterhorn with your own style. How do you describe what you do? A number of levels. I'm a host. Yes. I review people. Mm-hmm. I'm the public relations person. You are. <laughs> um, I am also a host and a public relations person for Wellington. I see myself as a Wellingtonian, and I see a need for that. And not only for the Matterhorn, but for the whole street in general. Yeah. An example would be if we are busy and someone just wants to have a quiet drink and they don't want to go into a full restaurant or a full bar, I'll point them somewhere down the road, which I believe would be a better option for right. them. And it's And that will spill back at us with, with you know, a good vibe from mm. those people because they want they want a good night out. And if they get a good night, they get some good advice, then they'll come back. That's right. So that's how I see it. Mm. And you've got quite a, a, a difficult, well, I guess there's an art form to me in, in what you do and keeping the balance, if you like, because you must also get into some aggressive situations. Can you describe what, you're the art of the balances that you're putting into this role. Always give somebody a way out. Always. Mm. Don't don't confront them. Give them the option of getting out. That's fantastic. I might start doing that with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing, Brian, because I guess that leads to less confrontation, really, doesn't it? We wrap ourselves in with conflict. Mm. Our daily lives are a conflict. Mm. And what happens in the night is pretty much what happens in the day. It's just accentuated by the fact that it's night time. Right, and we're all boozed. <laughs> well, whether, whether, whether that's the case. you know, mm. I, I can say that a third of the amount of times that I have to deal with conflict, oh, people are sober. Really? Yeah. And you know, people are pissed off by the end of the day. Mm. You know, and, and then... You 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 you're having to deal with their emotions. Yeah, it's like amateur psychology, mm. and it's you learn it within the first year of doing doors. Right. Yeah, you know who who is what and what is where. And there's a saying I have, and it's a truism of everything that I do. I can make this five seconds of my life, or I can make this five years of my life. Right. And if that conflict in that situation isn't resolved within five seconds, it can go five years. Right. And most people, and I'm talking about guys here, mm-hmm. will take a five-second incident and maybe turn that into five years. Wow. And that is how I see it. Mm. Nice measure there for us to put on even daily experiences. We, we live in an environment that is constantly falling in on us. Yeah. And we perform a routine that keeps us going. Yeah. 
and we, you know, we walk bravely into the, the valley of the death because <laughs> we're part of the 600. Yeah. You know? And that is, is how it's done. Mm. And we just get up, have our breakfast, blah, 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 and get out and do our job and have interactions with people. And then by the end of the day, we're all exhausted. But during that point, there are times where it's just falling in on us all the time. Mm. And what happens when people go out is they want to have a good time. Right. But I don't think people are prepared for good times. You look at Spanish, for instance, the Spanish Spaniards. They sleep in the afternoon and then they go out and have a good time. So they're really going to have a good time. They're really they're, they're making an art yeah, form yeah, of it, really, yeah, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to bars and they're eating little bits of food and they're drinking whatever mm. they're drinking, usually white wine and a bit of red. Mm. We don't have that. So how long have you been on the door at the Matterhorn for now? A long time. A long time, says Brian. <laughs> Good. With the Matterhorn, it's definitely had a rise. Can you describe what the culture was like when the Matterhorn and Cuba Street was I'll having a heyday? This is, no, this is another little truism. Yeah. Laurie Fern, you, <laughs> you realise this one because you'll know this as well because yep. of your background. Everything runs on a two-year cycle. Mm. So the clients that you have today are not going to be there in two years' time. Right. And the new people will be there, and they'll have their two years, and then another group of new people will turn up. And the only thing that that stays is the place and me. Right. (laughs) Thank God, because that actually leads me to come back on another two-year cycle, Brian, and I think for that for a lot of Wellingtonians. But just, just that, 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 that aspect of two mm. years is like what people, what people will experience. If someone comes back, and I have this a lot, someone will turn up and they haven't been to the Horn in eight years or ten years or, mm. or whatever, and they say, oh, thank God you're still here, and which always tends to put a knife in the back of my ribs. <laughs> and They saw it as a good thing. <laughs> and then the next aspect is, oh, it's all so changed. I won't know anybody in there, or I don't know anybody in there. It's so changed. It's not what it used to be, blah, 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 mm. blah. And occasionally I will say to people who say that, what were you expecting? Right. It's eight years. Mm. Since your last cycle. Yeah. <laughs> Since your last two-year yeah. cycle. Yeah. You were here eight years ago. What were you expecting? The Ice Age? Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, it's not quite like that down there. Um, but I guess the thing I see with Wellington, and I think, and, and it's something I'm really proud of with, with our city, is that you know I can still go out, and I can go out by myself, and I can still bump into people, and I think the Matterhorn still holds a bit of that as well. Yeah. Um, I think that... Uh, I don't want to jump further forward than I was hoping to, because I think the question is, how is the, the new... Where is it going to go? Right, yeah. Well, I think people... You, when, when you get older you're a bit more discerning on where you go. You mm-hmm. have a destination. When you're younger, yes, you have a destination, but it's all it's all RTD, a ready-to-drink experience. Right. Here's a new phrase I'm learning. 
and RTDs, you know, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. You know, they're, 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 they're alcopops. And it's like that for a lot of young people. Right. They, they attack the nightlife like an RTD. Right. And you, we're older, you're discerning, you'll go places where you know there are people that, that, that have inter- similar interests. Mm, mm. Or you're not going to meet them or you're going to, you know, you, you, they're there. And you just have to go and hunt them out. You, you're going to find them, so to say. You're going to go to the places that you know you're going to be comfortable in. It's not so much, I feel comfortable about going out, it's that you know where you're going. Yeah. Right, that makes sense. And even if you may not find all of your friends in the bar, you know the environment and you know That's what right. they're going to see. That's up. right. That's right. Mm. And sometimes you might be lucky enough to know the doorman. Sometimes. <laughs> was there a time when Wellington was peaking and what was the culture at that point? 1999. Prince sang that song. <laughs> So what was going on in 1999, Brian? Well, you had what I believe is the only um, true trickle-down effect this town and probably this country had ever experienced. Where did we the... had the Lord of the Rings? Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. Well, when people we... had money. People yeah. were spending. People were working. There was three and a half thousand people working for um, Peter Jackson mm. and his cohorts. Every one of those people were spending money. That was a true sign of the trickle-down effect because it doesn't work. It's a complete bullshit. Anyone who tells you that it is, is lying. But in this context of the Lord of the Rings, and I have to take my tip my hat to Peter Jackson, yeah. he created a trickle-down, a true trickle-down trickle effect. People yeah. were buying houses, people were buying cars, people were drinking, people were enjoying themselves, people were going out. There was lots of things happening. They were spending money. They were eating. They were, do- and the only other thing that I can think of since then that actually spends money is the wearable arts. Right. Yep. We you get a, you get yeah. you, know, you get all these women coming <laughs> in and they go and they they're going to bars. They're going to cafes. They're going to buy clothes. They're going to buy shoes. That they're, they're looking at the town. Yeah. You have rugby. Well, rugby's a two-hour event at a at a at a, at a stadium, and then they. St- Dagger home because it's cold and it's wet and it's miserable. <laughs> Great. So at that particular time, that just pushed a lot of money and a lot of good vibe. What about pride? Do you think there was pride at that point as well in Wellington? No. Just money? No. Um, I don't think... I, I mean, in my opinion of pride in, in, mm. in your town, in, in the place you live in, is, is different from everybody else's, mm. obviously. As is mine. As we, is we, we all. Yeah. yeah. My view of it is that is Wellington's, Wellington's a blood thing. You either have it in your blood or you don't. It's like people who go and buy houses down on the south coast. They go, wow. They buy it in the summertime. What a great place. Yeah. <laughs> What's it like in the winter, bro? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And I lived down on the south coast with my brother in his house and uh, right on Ophira Bay. Mm. I love it. Yeah. I love that. You've got to believe in Wellington. You've got to believe that you're a Wellingtonian. Mm. And when people tell me, oh, you know, you're, you know, you're a Cuba Street person. No, oh, the Cuba Street's this. You've got to be a Cuba Street person. Bollocks. You're going to be a Wellingtonian because only Wellingtonians could handle yeah. the weather, the, you know, the, the, the vibe. Yeah. Whether you're in Cuba Street or not in Cuba Street. And most people who say they're Cuba Street, 
They're full of shit. They're not Cuba Street. And I, oh, it's just, my father was Cuba Street. Anyone who, who stays anything else, were you born here in Cuba Street? No. Right. Did you work all your life in Cuba Street? Did you socialise in Cuba Street? No. Mm. My father worked where Hunters and Collectors was. Right. What he did was he do? born on the corner. He worked in where Hunters and Collectors My was. Gosh. It was called the Manawatu Butcheries. He drank at the a workman's club. So when you say Cuba Street, how many of those? The Indian boys up in um, Megan and Lucky, yep. up at the fruit shop, they're Cuba Street boys. Mm. Why? Because they've been here since, since I was a kid. Mm. You know, and their children. Yes. Work and breathe and live in Cuba Street. You know, anyone who tells me, you know, well, I'm a Cuba Street person or, or, you know, blah, 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 that's full of it. You know, come on, get a life. You're either a Wellingtonian or not. That's how I see it. Right. So what can you describe what it is? Cause, uh, and I understand there's something in the blood. There's something about loving the bits you don't love when you're a Wellingtonian. Can you describe what they are? Or, or, yeah. Chilled to the bone. Chilled to the <laughs> And then in the summer when it's nice and hot, though, <laughs> fried to the skin. <laughs> so our environment really... Tells yeah, us yeah. who we are, doesn't it? Our, yeah. our weather pattern, our rawness. Someone said, someone said something this year. I, I don't know if it was... Someone wrote it in the paper or someone said it that Wellington's the best indoor city in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, that's a really good point. And, you know, let's, let's celebrate our indoorness. <laughs> Take the positive make, out of the make negative. Make things that work. Yeah, why not? Indoor, you know. Yeah. It's, it's but here's the thing, thing. But that's where, when you have, um, again, it's, I don't want to jump the gun uh, in that sense of, of, of questions. It's where the, the future of Wellington is. Mm. Okay, let's just go there. Okay, where the future of Wellington is, is in, is in hospitality. Right. It's all in small bohemian mm. things. Mm. You think about, for instance, in Cuba Street, okay, things have been pushed from people who just want to drink, enjoy, and a certain bohemian kind of lifestyle. lifestyle. But for want of a better description, the bohemian Cuba Street, mm-hmm. the people who say they're Cuba Street. Yeah. Well, it's getting slowly pushed up Cuba Street. Um, when I started at the Horn, there was nothing else there. No. And, you know, like you can, say, talk to Fee and Claire at Mandatory and, and people like that, or Jackie at Rex. Uh, Rex. And probably yourself mm. when you open your store up along there. There was not much there. Mm. Um Dennis O'Brien had Slow Boat and, and all those Midnight, guys. And Midnight, Midnight Espresso. Yep. It was, you know, was it still owned? Yeah, it was still owned by there Jeff. There was Cuba, Cuba, Cuba. Cuba Cuba was there. Yep. Um, and and slowly you have, like, what what was really unique about Wellington, what, what is still unique about Wellington and what, what it had and then lost, and I think it's regaining, mm. is it's spreading out. Like you have some really interesting things in Newtown. You have some interesting things in Upper Cuba Street. I yeah. mean, you have guys opening bars and, and little cafes and you know, have Roger and Potty and people like that. But now you're having uh, the Brazilian boys opening a place up on the, where the old bodega was. Right. Um, I've heard a few rumours of 
little bars being opened up in other places around yeah. that upper Cuba Street area yeah. or venturing out. And that's where it's going to be, mm. I, I think, is those small places. You know, the, the, the Courtney place is always going to be the Courtney place and they'll, and mm. they'll, and they'll, they'll implode. They'll exp- do their own. Yeah, yeah. It will yeah. It'll implode and it will re- mm. and it will grow again. It will implode and it will grow again. Mm. You'll get, you know, investors. You know, you get people like uh, Nick Mills. And you know he'll he'll expand, and then he'll say, "Well, what we need to do is tighten the ship up a bit," because those guys like Nick Mills and you know what was uh, formerly Ray Johns and and Gonzo and and all those guys, yeah, they know the wave as well. They know how to ride right. that wave. It's the young guys and the and the, uh, and the flash and the pan guys, the guys who weren't Cuba or you know not Wellingtonians or ah, but they just want to make that quick, quick buck. Quick buck, yeah. You know the Mike Egan's of the world who, who you know who, who know how to handle the the ups and the downs and the Chris Greens, all those guys, who know the uh, highs and lows, and you can handle those things. But it's the it's where the Bohemian guys like when the Matterhorn first opened, you had Tim Ward and uh, Leon Siren mm-hmm. opening it, and it was just who would have thought turn an old cafe into a into a great drinking environment? I still pine for the old Matterhorn. I think we all do. There was something in its time, wasn't it, that it yeah. was just so unique. Yes. Was it because we were all unfolding ourselves as well, at that there was a blank canvas? Two years, Laurie. Two years. <laughs> just give it two years. Just two years. <laughs> On the front porch in our coats Catching colds through cigarettes Watching stray cats under cars You stop and start like silhouettes You light matches just for fun You're running fire along your thumb And once half the box is done I see you frown All your friends are cooped inside Making too much noise of them Staying warm and getting high Wiping sweat off plastic drinks We're too big here in the afternoon Now's a pile of shoes in the living room If it comes to you, it comes too soon
painted a bit of a picture about where, where Wellington could go and really kind of flourish. I think that yeah, I think that the, you know the areas where, where, where I think Wellington is, is spreading out. It's mm. doing what it should have done a long time right, ago: yeah. is make pockets of areas. Like mm. if they could, if they could, if the council could see their way through and just say, okay, if you're going to open a bar in a place, say Newtown, okay, you're going to have it till one o'clock, and no noise control are going to bother you until, until one o'clock. Point. One, yep. Until one o'clock, yay. Mm. Wellington. If you live in Wellington, if you live in the city centre and you opt to buy or rent or anything, suck it up. I would have thought so. Yeah, but that's not the way <laughs> it runs. You know, you have a, yeah. you have a, a, a bipolar schizophrenic um, council mm. all doing, you know, doing their best to chase their tail. One minute you have, let's, let's get all these developers in here and build these great places. <coughs> Uh, and at the same time, well, no, we can't have people in there and, and suffer the noise. Mm. And what is what are we pulling people to Wellington for? You've, you've what got are, it. Wellington we, has a heart. Offering? Wellington has a heart more than Auckland has will ever. Uh, Auckland hasn't got a heart. Why do you think? Why have we got a heart? Why? Why? why what is what is it that's connecting or, or making us pulse? Environment again. Better look after it then, yeah. haven't we? <laughs> and the environment tells us all and, f- mm. and makes us feel. I mean, yeah, people go, oh, God, it's cold, it's miserable, blah, blah, blah. But just, it's what it is. Mm. And you have hills. You have Mount Victoria on one side. You have Kelvin on the other. You have Tinakori Hill. You have this basin. People get up and they walk. Mm. They walk from Cuba Street to Courtney Place and back again. That's what it's about. They have a heart. This is a heart city. This is what it's all about. And we talk. When we yeah, walk. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what you see when you're looking out because you're looking at our streets at night often and you've watched it change over the years. Can you give us a picture of what you're seeing on a regular basis? I am Nehru and I am playing my fiddle. That went over my head. <laughs> Rome. Right. Nero played yep. the fiddle while he was, Rome burnt. So, so, here's the thing. I am watching the demise of a, of a city I love. Mm. And all I do is play the fiddle. Because at that point, all I can control is the two metres in front of me mm-hmm. and the 20 metres behind me. In your view, what's leading to the demise? Oh, many things. Many, many things. Um, world economy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the, how, the, how the world sees us. How the world, we see the world. I mean, you know, the, you know to become international is to take on the good and the bad. Mm. You know, we, we take on so much. And are we these things? It's like, I see street gangs that talk like they're East L.A. or American slang. But you're from the 44 or you're from Porirua or you're from Newtown. Yeah, why do you... Why are you playing that game? Because yeah. that's the influence they have. Mm. That's what makes them feel good. Mm. Gives and them the inter- club, really, doesn't it? The yeah. interplay within their own little peer mm. group. And then you have... 
you have other groups, you know, like the 18 to 20-year-olds, 21, 22-year-olds. They're interacting with their own peer group. They're doing what they're doing because that's what their peer groups do and it's what they're influenced from from internationally. Mm. What they're not doing is creating something unique and new to them. And that Mm. is where it's falling apart. Falling down, yep. And Wellington has potential to create their own unique... We are unique. Yeah. It's not creating, it's there. We just, we just are. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we are unique people. I mean, you know, like, if you travel out, if you go to... Let me a good example. You go to anywhere outside of Wellington, like if you go to the... Um, over the Wairapa, people react a certain way. You go to the Hawke's Bay, mm. they act a certain way. Mm. Um, up in the Naki, places like yeah. that. You know, they, they, they act. We, we're all unique in, a, in an environment dictates those things. Mm. I mean, if you live out in the country, you're dictated by time. Yeah. You know, by, by 7 o'clock at night, you've got the fire going, you're, <laughs> you're in Scotland, you're not going out anywhere <laughs> yeah. because there ain't nowhere to go yeah, out yeah. to. yeah. Um, and so the environment is is playing out that way, and then you have these small groups of people, you know, the um, people out there who are really, you know, pushing things to go along because they want to have things to go to. I mean, you know, you have, you know, people like Hamish Mackay and all those guys, you know, who, who having exhibitions at nights and people going to watch their exhibitions, yeah. you know, and look at their exhibitions, and you have uh, the other end of the scale, you have. Um, um, the eyeball kicks guys yep. and, you, and you have people doing things mm. to get people out there and doing things and you have you know activities and all that kind of stuff that's being unique mm. Mm. and that's what Wellington's about you, you know like um, I was up at uh, um, Laundry Bar the other day which yep. is just a new place that's opened up by with, with um, Delight- Chun delightful guys yeah Chun yeah. And, um, and Craig and, and Matt and they're doing some really good things. And you go up there and you have 30 people in there and the place is packed and people are having a great time and they're having a big vibe. And, yeah. and, and, and that's all cool and that's great. And they're dancing and they're having a great time. And likewise, you go to Havana and they're yeah. all doing things. You know, and you, you know, the, Then you look at other places that, that are just caves. And what do they have? They have nothing. Mm. You know, and I'm... And, you know, you you go into places that that you know you you don't feel great about. Mm. You go in there and it's empty because thirty people in a bigger place is sparse. And it's also hard to fill. Yeah, yeah. You have Monterey up in uh, up in Newtown. Well, you get six or seven people in there. And, and it's you're great. buzzing, yeah. <laughs> Crumpet down yeah. by the, by the Opera House. Great. Yeah. You have five or six people in there and people are enjoying themselves. It creates a vibe. Mm. And the people that are going there are enjoying it because they're enjoying their interaction with them, with their peer group. Mm. What we have on the alternate side of that is you have you know, these big barns where people just cram in when they are there for a, a couple of hours, drink terrible alcohol and stagger out, create problems for themselves. Right, yeah. Well, I'll name five, six places that, are, that, that I like. I mean, you have Sweet Mamas. Yeah. You know, 
curly fries. I take when when my children <laughs> with me, we go have curly fries. Great curly um, fries. You know, and and you you'd, you'd have um, you'd have laundry. You have the mighty. Yeah. Stuff like that. There are places out there that are great, and there are people doing those things to make those things happen. And that's why I'm saying that they're spreading out yep. further. And I think that's a really good thing. And when, when you have our, uh, our illustrious uh, leader saying Wellington is dead, he was, tra- he was correct. He was correct. It was dead. Anyone who's you know, telling you otherwise. But out of everything, like gardens... It will grow. It will re-flourish. And, exactly. it'll, refl- and, it'll, and, and it'll come back and stronger and different. Good. And in a way, I think he possibly was fertilised it by saying that. Because well, don't give him that much credit. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen... One of my, my favourite films is Being There with, um, with uh, Sellers in it. Yes. Peter Sellers. Yep. And his name is Chauncey Gardner. And he always goes through... He gets interviewed and he's always talking about gardening because he's... He's intellectually handicapped. Or, yeah. Or you th- assume that he's intellectually handicapped. And that's a kind of a truism, you know, from every, in the winter, it all dies back. And in the spring, the new shoots come out. And, and it's so true. And, yeah. you know, to say to somebody, well, you know, your place is shite. And then for that person to turn around and make it better. You know, it's, it's the impetus to get out there and make it better. Right. But I don't think John Key actually had that intention implied. No. I think he just made a statement and um, everyone's taken it up. <laughs> Fine, fair enough, you know, his opinion. And it was true, though. That was the thing. It was true. Brian, you, you're seeing our streets. You're seeing the people that are going out. What about the, the travellers? What about the new people that come to Wellington? Do they seem to appreciate or do they enjoy what they experience here? Or I, 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 I could say if I have a, a bad habit of using percentages. Okay. And <laughs> good I was, to measure, good to measure. Well, I, I'd say, you know, 8 out of 10 would, would say yes. I think that where we let ourselves down good let's have the, let, let's have that stuff because where i think we let ourselves down mm. is that I, i'll give you an incident in the when the lions were playing here last right and they played the test match in, in, in at the cake tin mm-hmm. that night i let i we had lots of these sorry british um, supporters coming through and one of the comments, or a number of the comments actually, were coming up from, from, from older people and they would say, does it cost to get in? And I'd say, it is all free. Beautiful. And, it, and then they'd say, is it, is it going to be safe? And I said, yes, it is. And they'd come in and they'd have a great time. We'd had, we'd had, a, we'd had a huge night. We did one of our best nights. I think I... I could, you know, you'd have to ask uh, Christian McKay, but I think we made about oh, twenty-six grand that night. Wow! I mean, we made some serious dollars that day, simply because we were being nice. Yeah. And we weren't being ravaged animals. And like you, you had, I know other places were charging twenty dollars to get into a bar that, if you went there the night before, it didn't cost you anything. Mm-hmm. And there was no entertainment. It was just an, a, a way of getting more money out of people. And milking that situation. And the other situation that happened that night, which was, it just, it hit home a lot of things that I, that I dislike 
about our culture is that when New Zealanders win, we like to tell everybody we're the winners and they're the losers. And that's just, to me, it's like, suck it up, boys, because when you lost, you know, the statistics of a woman's refuge will tell us. Right, lost. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, come on. You know, and, yeah, I... So are you saying we need to be more gracious culturally when, yeah. when we win yeah, as well? Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny, I always thought it was a Kiwi thing that we were a little bit low-key, no. but you're seeing it. no. <laughs> No. I'm not out there on those nights. No, yeah. no. I mean, right. you know, no. Yeah. We like to think, I mean, look, not everybody is, is like that, but God, bloody huge population is, mm. you know, they're not. Mm. You know, and we have this culture and, you know, I, I to everyone out there, I am not a rugby supporter. Yeah. <laughs> never have, never will be. And because... I know what it's like. I'm from years and years and years. We we didn't we didn't let the sevens thing happen at the Matterhorn. Mm. I mean, it's changed now. Yeah. Um, policy what, has changed. What reason was that, Brian? Simply just, because just didn't policy. encourage. Yeah, but well, if you want a place and an oasis in amongst mm. a desert, mm. you want that oasis. Yeah, yeah, and you want to know. And you want to know. It's there. And you take a hit. And I mean, Sam Chapman always come to me especially in those high those points of yeah. says, look I don't care if we don't if we take a hit tonight I don't care let's just get some nice people in here Got on and on. let's let's do it that way and we had great nights mm. um, and I you know like yeah I, I, I can go on just about mm. the whole sevens thing the whole rugby thing the whole culture of that and yeah, I'm. I'm not a supporter. Mm. So sustaining, continuing the continuation of that good vibe. So that would be another good thing that we could do. Well, we're actually turning our town into more of a, a you know, like an event. Yeah, event and 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 so we're going to get a lot more visitors through. Well, we're we well, well, we are getting. We're, we're out. We've got two large universities. We're like, I think we're going to get another. Another um, Otago, Dunedin type thing happening again. Mm. We we've had that. Hopefully, the our... music as well. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, we still have it. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we just don't have. We we're not, you know, with, with the venues closing and, and places like that closing. We need places to be mm. open, and it's those small bars and those small venues, school halls. Let's get back into having school halls. I think the school Newtown hall School Hall, good. Big, yeah. great. Can you yep. imagine going to Newtown School Hall on a on a Saturday night to go and see I don't know um, the Eastern who played mighty the other? Yep. I, I'd love to go and see the Eastern at the School Hall. You know, go and see them for a couple of hours and then pop over to the bar across the road. Yeah. Or go into the town or mm. do something. Or have what a great dance idea! Hall. Have a hall or have a dance mm. hall, a reggae yeah. night. And that finishes at nine, ten o'clock at night. Because why do we need to be out at three o'clock in the morning? Why do we need? That is one of my gripes. Being a mum, you were all. out. You were out till three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but, I remember. Yeah, you. but it could have been one if it started earlier. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I just stayed until they shut it down. When I was going, going out and about, band started at eight o'clock at yeah. night. No, there was nothing wrong with yeah. that. I went and saw 
the chills and the clean play at the terminus and it started at eight o'clock at night the terminus i've been looking for someone to talk to about the terminus shittest venue in the world
what was happening in Wellington, because I think this is quite pivotal to that, that rise that we've had in Wellington, before there was Midnight Expresso and any Matterhorn and any bar that kind of pulled a unique group of peers in together. Paint the picture of Wellington for us, please, Brian. In a word? Yep. Shit. Right. Dark. That's my memory. Dark. Breweries owned everything. Right, yep. Publicans ran it. Mm. The publicans that were there were horrible. Right, yep. So there was no culture. No. So for a while there, we developed our own culture. Well, with the canvas, the well, blank canvas. Well, yeah. I mean, just say, for instance, you were talking about bars. There was no cafes. It was Susie's Cafe. Susie's was, was it. Was it. And you could go down there and you could go down there and have, a, you know, the mac and cheese, which was the best mac and cheese yeah. ever. Susie, you were yeah, a legend. Yeah, we love you, Susie. Your mac and cheese was the best because it, it was, it was, there was nothing special about it. Right. And it was mac and cheese and you could get it at one o'clock in the morning. You know, and you get your percolated coffee, and there was nothing else open, no. and you could walk. And, and that felt out. late. Yeah, that felt really late. And then you know, and then you got to remember the bars were were closing at ten o'clock, and they'd turn on their bloody fire alarms at ten o'clock to at get, night. Yeah, in the lights. Yeah, it was ugly. Yeah, I remember getting going to the the Tiger up in Taranaki Street, which is now where ZM is, or and the car yard next to it. I don't think I ever went there. No, you wouldn't have because no. you'd be a lot younger. <laughs> I hope so. And and I went and saw, oh, there was other, yeah, I went and saw a number of bars up there. But that was run, you know, the predominant gang there were um, V8 boys and and mm. uh, you had, you know, had some of the, there were beautiful bars there. Not so, not so much in the Tiger, yeah. but you had beautiful bars. You had the Dominion down on uh, Torrey Street, which is yeah. where Harvey Norman's is. Think. For wow, and that was an amazing bar. Right, uh, that was an incredible bar. You had then they built the cricketers, cricketers arms, yep. and the cricketers arms had won the best venue. If you wanted the best venue for a small band in Wellington, was it upstairs at the cricketers it, arms? Was that up the steps? Yeah, yeah. Were, Plymouth were puppets? Steps, eh? No, no, no. That was the broad. Uh, that's that what was, was um, that was. There was Exchequer Saints, that was Nick yes. Mills's place. You'd, it had puppies, <laughs> yeah. where puppies was. The top floor of that, upstairs up there, where they have the dancing and that there. I, I've seen so many bands. I saw uh, Flesh Device play up there. Wow. Where uh, famously uh, Mr. Haig, Mr. T. Haig, set fire to his um, Doc Martin shoes and <laughs> called it Flaming Soul. <laughs> which always goes down as one of the all-time true classic Tim Haigisms. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh! But Tom. that was the yeah. <laughs> but that was the one, the great venues, because right. it was actually designed for that. For that, mm. I mean, you had bands could play up there. And I, for me, having a venue, having small bar venues like that, you know, mm. it's like um, San Francisco Bathhouse. I mean, you look at San Francisco Bathhouse, and they're and they're you know having to adjust and, and you know yeah. it's ebbs and you know they expand and detract. Awesome. What led you to martial arts and why have you stayed with it all your life so far? I got a really bad hiding. Really? Yeah. When you were young? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, yeah. I, was, when I was a teenager. Yeah. I got a really bad hiding. And it was terrifying. Mm. It was so terrifying. Was this at school? No, no. It was out of school. Right. It was terrifying. 
I was scared. Yeah. And I didn't want to be scared. Yeah. I come from a family of people that are not scared. They no. stand up for themselves. And it terrified me. Yeah. And I started. And that and, and I I had a natural gift. Right. And I had very I had I was very, very lucky. I, I consider myself one of the luckiest people in that sense of doing martial arts because right. I had influential people. I had Sifu Bull Young initially. I had um, uh, Dick Fleetwood as a boxing coach. Wow. Um, I had Bill. Um, I had um, Sensei Ben Otang as a karate instructor. I had Pat Toner. I had John Hanstra. And I had Kevin Hart as judo instructors, and I had Lindolfo Kolo as a BJJ instructor. I've had, I've been blessed with, with great instructors. Blessed with the best. Yeah. Yeah. And and you couldn't ask for for better. I mean, there's people in the world that, sure, they're exposed to all these things, but I had great instructors. I had each one of those people instilled in me. A part of themselves that they believed in, and mm. I think that's where people learn from. Is as mm. you, it's one of those things that I always feel so sad about. Is that we 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 push our elderly away into these closed environments, yeah. and they have so much to offer. Mm. You know, a piece of wisdom from an elderly person. You know, mm. it's just those things, mm. and I have. I have been blessed with some of these things. I, I can I can name all those things. Yeah. All those people, sorry. And the thing that I learnt from them, that one thing, and it has stuck with me ever since. And I just don't think we. we, we there are two things that I think that I think about now. One of them is something that uh, Tony Simpson. Um, said to me one time and he, he said it on uh, in an interview I think and then he said it to me out on the door and Tony Simpson's a, another one of these guys who who's worth listening to if you want to stand, yeah. stand there and talk to them and he said the art of contemplation is dying we're losing it and that is so true yeah we are losing the art of contemplation. Not just about, oh, where shall I go and eat tonight? But allowing the space Just to, sit to there and think, think about think it about instead it. of not being... Sitting down and thinking about what it takes to be who I am in that week or that day. Mm. Not just what you're listening to on the radio or what you're hearing on your music or what you're hearing on your iPad or what seeing internet blah 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 think about it take time we're losing it we're losing it as a group of people because we're losing the art to actually think independently as opposed to a group of people wanting to have a good time going out and get drunk whatever yeah we worried about the sexual politics of our, ourselves the politics of our country they're worth worth concerning, mm. but contemplate where you are yeah. and how you are. Piss around with what's on the yes. internet and what's on the social media, like what's on Facebook. Oh, someone said they're having pizza tonight on the way home. 
What the fuck is that? <laughs> Unless it's really good pizza. It doesn't we matter. We want to know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Is it worth telling us about? No, it isn't. Yeah. If that same person said, I saw something really horrible the other day and it made me think, or I saw something really amazing mm. and I really want to think talk about it, because it's made me think. As individuals, we're losing it. Mm. It's going. Some people out there will say, no, no, that's not true. Well, yeah, okay. Maybe not in your world. But your world's only 1%. Mm. Make a fucking decision for yourself. Mm. And uh, who am I to say? You know, I, I am fallible like everybody else. I make mistakes. Well, I'm know. argumentative. <laughs> I get emotional. I am all those things. You know, I'm not some saint. What's another one of those wonderful wisdom Don't sprayers? take yourself seriously. Yeah. Because I don't. Yeah. We're not worth too much of a grain of salt in the end, are we? Yeah. Yeah. And do something for free for, for a change. Mm. Nice. You're hearing it from the man. Okay. Brian, the next thing I did want to ask you was about, you know, I think you've almost given it to us, though, to preserve the good things that we've got in Wellington. You've given us a bit of a talk about what you're seeing working in the nightlife. You've given us some um, idea about what's important. But for our kids, you know, for, for going forward, words of wisdom from Brian, any more? Love you, kids. Yeah. Love you, kids. Because it's a shit world out there. Mm. And they need everything they need. Mm. And the first thing they need is the love from you. Yeah. Don't. Don't tell them that they're, you know they that they can do anything they want, and just go out there and grab it, because it's not like that. No, less like that now, actually. Very much so. Yeah. And it's better to feel that my mum and dad love me more, and my brothers and sisters love me more than just anything in the world, and that gives me. That would give me more chance to move on. Yeah. To go and, and actually grab the world by its you know, the short and curlies. Because if you don't have love, if you don't have the love from your family, you have these people sitting on the street. You have these kids walking around at 14 and, or 12. Just no direction. And love from their parents, from the ones that they love the most, it's everything. Right. Thank you, Brian Morris. I don't know what to say. So simple, and yet the hardest thing for us to do sometimes.